Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 121 of On the Flank. I wonder how's John George alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, week one, season four, it's done, and it was a fantastic week. One of the best opening weeks in league history, I feel like. I mean, just some fantastic matches. The new graphics on stream, amazing, with amazing player cams as well. And maybe one of the best one of the best matches in league history between the Houston Outlaws and San Francisco Shock. I mean, my God, what a week. I just think, I look back at this week and I can't help but smile, Joe. My God, what a treat. If if the whole season was condensed into one week, um, I, w- I would have taken it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what a, yeah, if this was the only thing we got, I'd be like, hell yeah, great season, A+. plus. <laughs> I mean, it felt like it felt like the Houston Outlaws shot game was for like the champion. Like it legit felt like a playoff game for some reason. I, I don't know what it was about it, but it, I think it was just the players. Honestly, it felt like the players were treating this like a playoff game. I mean, Striker was crying after they lost, like visibly on the player <laughs> cam. Like it's this true. game, this game mattered. This game mattered to these people so much. It was just so intense. Um, obviously, that's a later in the week game, so we could get there eventually. Um, but I guess let's start with the first day, which was awesome as well. Because uh, we started with Houston-Dallas, which I think a lot of people, especially after the XC, uh, after they had to drop XC, people expected, I think, I, I picked Outlaws 3-1 in my pick maybe. I think a lot of people were expecting this to be not close but this game like came down to one fight basically um it was a five map duel between these texas teams and dallas while houston ended up winning this i think the surprise here for me joe is dallas looked good (laughs) um without they didn't even need xc to do it obviously they're missing a huge part of their team right now but the fact that not only this game but they're later in the weekend a little bit of spoilers they're able to beat the gladiators I, I'm coming out of this weekend just overall pretty happy for the Dallas Fuel in general. Um, going one and one without a hitscan player is pretty good because hitscan, you know, it it's not like you can easily run without a hitscan in this meta. Um, people are using McCree, Ash, all over the place. What do you think of yeah. uh, this this battle of Texas, Joe? Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, you're right that. Um definitely that loss of, of XE was definitely um, a big thing in the first week that's um, sort of tossing up um, back into the air a lot of things we had thought were settled about this team um, uh, but yeah it was absolutely you know not uh, what knockdown drag out I guess is the phrase um, the, the whole thing you know, you know Battle for Texas they couldn't have they couldn't have set up the match better um, uh, right at the beginning of at the you know beginning of the season um, they even had a, uh, what I think is going to end up being a series of, of videos on YouTube, um, uh, on their YouTube channel. It's like Oral Histories was the name of the series. Uh, but they put out one in advance specifically about this match, about Houston versus Dallas, which is super cool. Uh, had interviews with, uh, you know, Custa from, from being on Dallas and Jake and all these people. Um um, but but yeah, quite the match. As far as as far as um, actual you know concrete things, I'm sure we're going to talk more about Houston um, when we when we touch on the uh, shock game. Uh, but yeah, Dallas looking really nice, and and uh, particularly when they're able to play into uh, a lot of the narrative that came out of this week was um, you know the Dallas comfort and and where Dallas is. Um, enabled to be successful, and that still is away from the hit scan. Uh, but you know, if you can play, if you can play May Doomfist, you know why? Uh, why not? Basically, if you're the Dallas Fuel, um, it, it makes me wonder. You know, going into, uh, or going beyond this week, you, you know, if that's um, surely something teams will be more prepared for, um, uh, and more prepared to to do something about. Um, but then we had the Gladiators match too, which um, Dallas was was also able to come away with. So, um, but yeah, I was still a strong team. Uh, Striker sort of not Striker, uh, Sparkle sort of alluded that they were um, uh, potentially still looking for a, a hitscan player. Um, and in fact, I think it was. I think even Dallas um, teased teased something, didn't they? I think Dallas teased a, the signing of a hitscan. 
recently. Yeah, when somebody, uh, I saw a tweet from somebody in management. It wasn't Arrow um, saying that they hadn't found anybody yet, and, and so not to you know trying to temper people's expectations a little bit. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, um, you know, if you're going to go two over the first week, um, I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah, uh, I I think even Jake tweeted out after the Outlaws game saying they were that maybe the main reason they were struggling against the fuel was um, the comps they were playing and that that Doomfist I think really got them, um, which makes me wonder. Uh, hey, maybe the fuel were pre- scurrying pretty hard with Xe in because uh, clearly people were not expecting this comp, um, and I think you can definitely attribute some of that in this outlaws game is outlaws just weren't prepared for fuel running these wacky comps and sparkles just such a mechanically gifted player that like even if doomfist is pretty counterable he's he's really good at doomfist so it's hard um meanwhile in the in the next game i think i think the gladiators lost because of more than um more than dallas running a different comp than most people but we'll get there eventually first la Faced off against the San Francisco Shock, ended up losing three to one. Um, and I think this game, without the context of the next game the Gladiators played, I think this game just made me more scared of the Shock than I was upset about the Gladiators and their performance. Maybe um, I think the Gladiators did play. It just whenever a team faces the Shock. Even last year, it seemed like the shock is just so much more well-coordinated than other teams that I wasn't too surprised to see the fact that the LA Gladiators maybe were making a little bit more mistakes than the shock, stuff like that. I mean, obviously the Gladiators, the most hyped-up team from scrims, no doubt. They were they were the scrim bucks exchange leaders for sure. Um and they did not look like the best team in scrims against the Shock. I chalked it up to, okay, this is regular season. This is game mode. Shock doesn't care as much about winning scrims as they do winning games. So I chalked it up to that. But then seeing the game later in the weekend, I'm chalking it up to, okay, the LA Gladiators, there's something lost in translation here, Joe. <laughs> this team is maybe looking way better in scrims than what we got to see this weekend because... They were making mistakes. Space was making a lot of mistakes. Muse looked very shaky. Of course, it's hard for a rookie main tank to look good, but then you look at like Jangu and some of these other rookies, and you're like, why couldn't he do that? Um, they had such weird, like, Moth would, Skewed would be playing over, in over Moth, which I just don't agree with. I know their hero pools are a bit different. Like, maybe Skewed's just a bit better at Brig, but... I just think Moth is such a good player on this team. You don't take him out. I don't agree with that choice at all. You got Kevster playing on ping. I mean, there's just a lot of things happening here for the Gladiators that, you know, is just not what I expected, obviously. I had him at number two. Joe, you had him um, a little lower than me, of course. Um, but, yeah, what overall, what do you think of the Gladiators this weekend? Uh, yeah, a little lower, sure, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, definitely not, um, <laughs> not not super characteristic of what we had expected from them, uh, to say the least. Um, uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned Kefter playing on ping. I was particularly surprised about that because um, he, he's playing from EU, obviously. But I think one of the one of the things that Soon mentioned um, in his his uh, retirement twit longer was that the league wouldn't let him play on ping, and maybe that's you know misinterpretation one way or the other um but but i thought that was interesting um uh then to see kevster doing that um uh, but but yeah definitely not um not the gliders we expected to see and and granted this was a hard week for him um uh going up against against san francisco shock um who i i think um uh, definitely had two really good performances I, i don't think uh i don't think the houston match was um um, the shock underperforming uh, as much as it was uh, Houston having a really good series, um, but, uh, but but yeah, and particularly um, it's it was a really interesting setup this week because we got to see those four teams Houston, Dallas, Gladiators, and Shock like um, playing each other sort of in combination, um, and you know 
it's it is a little bit um um it's not always certain to go the very first week uh, and try to try to make these kind of comparisons. But when we get to see kind of these head-to-heads, it is uh, interesting to see, um, you, you know, a Dallas that um, definitely was um, definitely was strong, but had weaknesses, and then to see um, the, the Gladiators come through and 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 have the the match that they did on. Um, Saturday is a very interesting thing, and I believe, um, uh, yes, it'll be it'll definitely be an easier weekend for the Gladiators next weekend um, uh, to take it on London and Boston. But I mean, I I I, I expect you know for their sake um, to see um, better results and some some stronger stuff coming out of them because yeah, it's um, not 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 what we were expecting. That's absolutely the case. Oh yeah, I mean, and those those. Games next week could be, I don't know. Now I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, London, their team, European team that is apparently supposedly rushes one of their best metas. That could be a sneaky upset right there. Uprising, of course. Uh, I work for them. I know they're doing. We're doing pretty well. I have high hopes for the team. I think I would like to think that's a potential upset as well. So next week could be seeing it but in the end i still think like you mentioned we got to see these four teams like sort of rotate in and out of facing each other i think these might just be the four best teams in na right here and they all were facing each other um this week so i think the gladiators might have just been the the zero and two team out of these four teams that just unfortunately was like okay yeah we had a really tough first week schedule because Fuel look great. I, my, I honestly, I, I'm boost in my mental power rankings right now. We won't actually do power rankings this week, but the fuel are jumping up. They're rocketing up a little bit. The fact that they were able to even get a win this weekend, I'm surprised. Um, and I, I was impressed by their play. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, four best teams in North America who were playing this past weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm oh, really yeah, excited yeah. to see Washington. Sorry, completely forgot about um, Washington. <laughs> Washington <laughs> Washington's but, definitely up there with with these teams, no doubt. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think that's uh, was definitely a unique experience that that we got from that. Um, yeah, um, but I guess we might as well just. It, switch them up with these four just keep talking about these four teams and talk about the outlaws shock game now um which was by definitely the best game this weekend by far um we usually do a game to rewatch i mean might as well just say it now i think both us both me and joe absolutely would recommend to rewatch this game it's a long one um but if you missed it it's one of the best games in owl history like it's so good um, and even the blowout maps are like nuts, um, are nuts to watch because the one blowout map in this was Dorado when they had, once again, Violet on DPS, which they did against the Gladiators and it was way more successful then. Um, uh, and then you had Jake on support, uh, coming in for Juby playing Brig. Um, so this was even the blowout map was super interesting that he outlaws full hole full hold on Dorado look way, way better than the shock on this map. The first map is nuts. You have a moment where Jangu comes back into the fight, earth shatters and you have supers face cam <laughs> reaction going, what just completely shocked that he just got earth shattered. Um, I'm pretty sure he thought he was, he could have blocked it, but um, man, any other great memories from this match? I mean, there's just so many great moments, right? I, yeah, absolutely, and yeah, that's uh, definitely one of the highlights of having the player cams. Um, that of course we we had now it, it's it's automated evidently this this um, season. So that whenever we have a a player POV in game, we also have their their camera on, which is super cool. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just talk, talking about good series. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't even know what to say really more <laughs> about. Um, <laughs> about this this particular series um six maps i mean the last six map regular season we've um regular season match we had i think was boston versus houston it's um, that went to seven last, maps actually 
Oh, that was seven <laughs> maps last season. Yeah. Uh, which was also a good, uh, also a good match to watch, but for a completely different reason. Like this one was. <laughs> this, this one was, was actually entertaining. Two, yeah, this one was actually two really good teams. The Houston Boston yeah. was the toilet bowl, of course. Yeah. Um, and 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 the, the UberX casting, uh, you know, that just sort of landed that way, but definitely helped, I think. Um, um, that that entire Havana map, nobody like realistically was like, oh yeah. And then all um, the the that the, the, the confidence meter for Houston just like rising that entire map um, all the way all the way down to the climax. Uh, you mentioned. Um, uh, you, you know, weekly. For those of you who haven't um, listened to a show since last season, uh, we try to do a, um, a a match to rewatch. Um, you know, each of us from the week. But also, we we give out an MVP award every week, um, and mine is without question going to John Gu, um, play and main tank for Houston because it's uh, the you know one of my one of my concerns uh, as we do as we did. Um, our you know you know preseason team analyses and and trying to see where people are at. Uh, one of my concerns about Houston was um, the tank line. I said you know these are these are names we don't know. These are um, players we haven't seen, and I want to make sure that um, do you know despite the um, really strong uh, really strong DPS that they have and the DPS flexibility that they have and. Um, uh, and, and the sports that are also you know relatively unknown, but particularly the tank line, I wanted to see perform, and I think there's absolutely no question that Jungu did that um, incredibly successfully in this series, um, and, and that that was super exciting to see again all the way down to the to the climax of of Havana versus Shark. Yeah, I mean he he hit the most important play right, like that Earth Shatter was the game winning Earth Shatter, and like that's why it felt like a playoff moment, like. It's those Overwatch games that have a moment you can point to and be like, that just won the game. Th those are the coolest Overwatch games. Um, and I think I, I was messaging you, Joe, about this, but I, I think the reason why this game also has such a high intense feel, it feels like a playoff game, is because the amount of games these teams are playing this year. It's at 16. This is the least amount of regular season games you have in Overwatch League history. I mean, you started with 40 at the beginning of this thing. It eventually came down to like 28. And now we're at 16. Um, and speaking from experience, I know one other league that has 16 games per team, and it's the NFL. And I think that's a huge reason why the NFL is so successful and so intense is because every game matters. Uh, you only have 16 games. Starting out 0-2 is actually really bad. Um, it's 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 a hard thing to come back from, especially in a season where you you only have fourteen more games, and you're like, okay, we have to start winning games now, or else, like, once we get higher in the loss column here, it's going to be harder for us to make playoffs. Um, so I think it's that fact that like this loss actually does matter a, a good amount, way more than it ever has in league history. Um, it's one of your 16 games that you just lost. Uh, so I think that's a huge part of it. But this series is just was just amazing, too. I mean, of course, it's the defending champions. You're the Houston Outlaws. You're going into this year. There were very low expectations for this team until, like, the very end of the offseason when scrim bucks were coming in. So I think the Houston Outlaws just really wanted to prove themselves. Of course, the sh I, I think it's a good sign that, that Twilight's crying at the end, or not Twilight, that Striker's crying at the end of this game. It's, it means that these players still care. Um, even though they've won two championships in a row, they still care about a loss, a regular season loss. So, um, God, what? It's just such an intense game. And, and it's so good. I mean, even going into Havana, like once San Francisco full hold Houston, like I want to see the, the chances of of Houston winning is at that point because you you've got a reverse sweep incoming right San Francisco's looked better than Houston I mean they've each been close maps going into Havana but San Francisco's looked better on each map going into Havana it the reverse sweep just seems like it's coming they full hold on Havana like it's like yeah Houston screwed the, they just played that defense so well and then Jangu coming in with that huge earth shatter which was casted so well by uh, Uber by the way 
I mean, God, it's just it, that moment felt so great. What a match between two great teams. I think that these are that I think we were lucky enough to get a match between probably the two best teams in NA for this meta. Um, we'll see how Washington does. I think Washington could possibly be better than these two teams, um, or at least competing with them. So, man, um, wow, so good. I mean, Houston just showed that they were the best team. Oh, they beat the shock. Um, all right, what else happened? And that's just North America. <laughs> <laughs> that's just North America. And we, we haven't even gotten to the other four teams in North America that played, Joe, which maybe weren't as exciting, but we still had some good games between them, too. Um, the first game between these other four teams was between Toronto and Vancouver. I think this went the way I expected. The one map, it, it was 3-1. The one map that Vancouver won was honestly because Toronto subbed in Beast and Logics, and they looked much worse with Beast and Logics in. Um, not so much Logics as as much as it is Beast. I think Sato's just way better than Beast, to be honest. But Logics is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think people are like coming out of this weekend. I mean, especially the, the map went against Mayhem later in the weekend for Vancouver as well overall people are like okay this vancouver team isn't as awful as we thought they would be um are you on that train joe or do you still are you still still waiting to see if this team can get a win yeah i mean we'll have to see once once they play once they play london once they play paris exactly how that that shakes out but i mean i i don't think there's any question they're still um um, sitting in that tier for sure, and I guess that's actually the first first match this Friday is Paris versus Vancouver. But um, um, the, yeah, it's uh, I, there's there's no reason not to play. Uh... Oh, that was, that was Toronto. You're talking about yeah, yeah. So talking about Toronto, no reason not to play Sato. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah. Talking about Vancouver, um, um, uh, it, it's, it's good to see them. Um, they're they're. <laughs> when I think about Vancouver, I'm thinking about their uh, uh, Florida match and the their Twitter talking about a, a, a free breadsticks promotion with Pizza Hut. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> talking about that if they if they win, they get free breadsticks, but um, that did not happen. And, and and yeah, that's not not super surprising in my book. Yeah, it wasn't even if they won. It was just if they got to five maps and someone in the replies oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in the replies rightfully pointed out, so we have to root for you guys to lose maps. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, I guess we didn't think that through. <laughs> um, but maybe they did think it through because they were like, okay, our team's not good enough to to get her a sweep or anything like that. Like if they made the promotion, free breadsticks, if we get a sweep, it's like you guys are never going to do that this year probably. <laughs> um it's like already in question that they will they ever go to five maps so yeah that was definitely interesting um right after the toronto vancouver game was a atlanta florida game um in which i mean atlanta this weekend had a very interesting weekend i think this was another team in the scrim bucks people were favoring this team to be very good um better than the mayhem probably uh they ended up doing 3-1 against the mayhem mayhem looked like the better team and I gotta say it, OG. He looked good this weekend. He did. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna exactly say right now. Like, yeah, OG. He's finally here. This is it. Because I feel like he's looked good weeks in the past, and I'm not. And then eventually he looked worse. So I'm not gonna go all in on saying OG's here quite yet. But he definitely looked good. Good enough to help the Mayhem go 2-0 this weekend. And um, yeah, Mayhem, Mayhem looked good, and I think Mayhem faced like shock later this in the May melee stuff like that. So I think they could possibly take some maps off shock, maybe even win that game. They they looked pretty good, um, and of course BQB Yaki still looking amazing. What did you think of the Florida Mayhem this weekend and the Atlanta Rain? If you want to talk about them, yeah, yeah, both those teams definitely. Um, I the the most interesting match um, again they they set it up. Uh, I guess I hadn't noticed um in the schedule maybe they are very intentionally doing this uh where they had another um pool with sort of those four teams uh toronto vancouver atlanta and florida uh, got mixed up a little bit later in the week um but um 
The, yeah, I think definitely the, the most interesting of those four matches was Atlanta versus Toronto, because um, that one um, kind of like kind of like uh, Gladiator Shock, I guess it was. Um, there was definitely some some interesting, definitely some interesting things going on in there. Um, Toronto finally finally able to to pull out the reverse sweep, uh, actually to finish that map up. Um, um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised at all to see Florida go in 2-0, um, particularly in that pool, but also just in general. Um, uh, the, 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 yeah, this definitely um, this is sort of sort of warming up, I think, if I remember if I remember from those series. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I expect um, uh, similar similar good things coming out of them in the future. Um, I, I did have uh, Toronto over Atlanta in my 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 predictions. Uh, was a little bit of an upset, I suppose, but uh, it's good to see them pull out that win. Um, as a Philly fan too, but yeah, um, yeah which and that's something we haven't mentioned. Um, I guess we we can mention that later. But we do uh, still have our Overwatch League leaderboard, uh, which will uh, which we linked on Twitter last week. Uh, you can go find it and join it if you want. Because yeah. um, we're doing all our picks and stuff, but yeah, I was hoping yeah. you wouldn't hoping you wouldn't bring that up, Joe, because you're absolutely <laughs> decimating me so far. <laughs> you have 28 points, I have 14. Um, yeah, I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have such a good week in the pickums, but I was fine. I was entertained. Um, but yeah, Toronto looked great um, in that game versus Atlanta. Coming up, coming up with the reverse sweep, Hisu looks great. Sato looks great. I mean, all the pieces I thought would look great, they look great. Um, it's just going to be the matter of of them. I think Atlanta's definitely a tough team. I think Atlanta had a bit of an off week, though, so it's going to be a matter of seeing Toronto against some of these other teams, specifically like the Dallas, Houston, San Francisco Gladiators, those guys. Um, I'm interested to see. They face Justice later in the May Melee in a couple weeks. That's going to be a very exciting game. Their other games against London, maybe not as exciting. They've got a little bit of an easier schedule here this May Melee, but the Justice game is going to be key for me. Um, I'm interested to see the result of that one. As far as Atlanta goes, pretty in- unimpressed over here, honestly. As someone who sort of bought into these scrim bucks, because I agree with Kai being really good, um, it just... I don't think they looked as good as a lot of people are hyping them up to be. Of course, they went 0-2. But even in the... I don't know. I, even in some of these games, they just don't look that great in on certain maps and certain certain metas and stuff like that. Obviously, we got to see, like, Brawl. We got to see Double Bubble. We got to see a lot of different comps run. Um, I think they looked pretty good in Brawl, but any other comp, I think they were fine. So, overall, Atlanta for me... Maybe overhyped from scrim bucks. Um, but yeah, out of those, it's interesting because you look at the standings right now, and I think Florida's at up top, and Toronto's right behind them, and it's mainly because of map differential um, that Houston's in third. Uh, of course, I think everyone thinks Houston's the number one after beating the Shock, of course, so they just had a bit of a tougher schedule than especially Florida this weekend. Uh, but yeah, th- that's all of NA, I guess. Um, we talked about basically every team, right? So, I think so. Yeah. So let's move on to Asia, of which I actually rewatched almost all these games, Joe. That's a first for me. Um, I, I woke up early to rewatch all of the first day's games, and then I rewatched um, Chengdu and Seoul, and I didn't watch Philadelphia Valiant. I'm not planning to rewatch too many Valiant games unless they win, to be honest, or keep it close. <laughs> like, <laughs> watching Chengdu Valiant, may, I mean, they took a map off Chengdu earlier this weekend, but and they looked better than I thought they would, honestly, and I do think they could pull out a win or two. They're just definitely not on the same level as these other... I mean, even like we can we can get talking about Valiant out of the way. I mean, I think they definitely look better than we thought. Um, as far as players go, who did I think? Who was looking good on... Um, it was Sho Chung that looked really good, and Mo Lan Ren, I think, were the two players I would point out as looking good. Crystal looked good at times, too, but not amazing or anything. Um but yeah, that's, I, I do think the Valiant, and they are ahead of the Guangzhou charge in the standings right now because of map differential, because of taking one map. Um, 
But overall, unimpressed with the Valiant. Almost where my expectations were. Um, as far as Chengdu goes, though, Joe, they beat the Valiant, but then they 3 0'd the Shanghai Dragons. Um, 3 0'd. Yeah, this wasn't even a close game. Shanghai looked bad. They got full held on Eichenwald. Um, this was a big, this was a rough game for the Shanghai Dragons. Lost 2 0 on Oasis, even though that was kind of closer. I, I rewatched this one and. Shanghai didn't look... I, Chengdu looked great, and my MVP of the week is actually leave because I think he carried very hard in both of these games. But Shanghai also looked not too good to me, to be honest. Um, I don't know how much you rewatched of these. Any thoughts on Chengdu, Shanghai, Joe? Uh, yeah, it's it was one of those series... Um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched the whole thing that... Um, like you start and it's control and you're like, okay, you know, you know, people are going to win control, whatever it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a coin flip. Um, and then we get onto Eigenwald and it's like, yeah, well, Chengdu did legitimately look really good on, on Oasis. Um, you, you know, oh, but you know, this is, this is, you know, Shanghai's bread and butter and, you know, we're away from control now and, and who cares? Um. And then yeah, the, the full hold plus the cap for for Chengdu, um, <laughs> and you get to Eichenwald. It's like okay, or you get to Gibraltar for Math Three, and and the feeling you know, just, okay, you know, to, the match is over, you know, <laughs> um, or I should say, you, you know, the match is almost over. You know, turn your monitors on, Shanghai. Let's let's go. <laughs> um, and, and but and then they complete the map, and then Chengdu does as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I don't. It, it, it was a really odd feeling to watch. Yeah, it felt like um, the Twilight Zone almost, and also because I would wake up early so I could even watch these games. I wouldn't watch them like live or anything, but I would still be waking yeah, up early. True. Like I did feel like I was in the Twilight Zone or something. I'm like extremely tired just watching the Shanghai Dragons look not great. The first two maps finally looked a little better on that last map, but like it's so weird to just watch this. You're extremely tired and you're like, okay, why are the Shanghai dragons not trying this morning against the Chengdu hunters, but not to discredit Chengdu at all. They look great. I'm giving my MVP to leave because he looked fantastic. Um, yeah, it's it, Chengdu. I think people had a feeling they could be a threat this year. It was just about getting out of the Chengdu zone as everyone calls it. This is a good sign for them, but the fact that they played an actual close game, dropped a map to the LA Valiant, might not be a good sign. Uh, to be fair, there were close maps in that Philly Valiant game too, so maybe Valiant's just better than we think. Um, but overall, this is a really good start for the Chengdu Hunters. They did 3-0 Shanghai at some point last year too, so maybe don't get your hopes up too big if you're a Hunters fan, but yeah, that's... Of course, a fantastic start. You're at top of the Apex standings right now alongside uh, the Philly Fusion. So, yeah. Um, speaking of Philly Fusion, let's talk about them next. They played a, a good game against the Soul Dynasty, 1-3-1, which might as well have been a 3-2, to be honest. Each map in this series was insanely close. It was a great series. If I were to say rewatch one in the Apex, it would be this one. Um, and 3-0 to the Valiant. Great weekend for them in a weekend of which I predicted Seoul to be Philly. I didn't think Philly could do it with Hotbun Toby in, but they look good with Hotbun Toby in, Joe. I mean, as a Philly fan, you had to like how this how this lineup's looking for the fusion, right? They they really did. I I also picked against Philly. Um, uh, you, you know, first match of the season, missing a quarter of the team. Um, but yeah, they took it in stride. I, I was, I was, uh, I will absolutely take a Philly win, um, particularly over a, a team you know that looked as good as Seoul did. Um, like you said, it definitely wasn't, uh, definitely wasn't a stomp. Um, a really good introduction for both teams into the league. Um, um, yeah, and and the three over Valiant, you know, not not um, not exactly surprising, but yeah, we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see Carpe be Carpe, and we're gonna see um, Alarm be um, you know his the the post rookie of the year 
second year player of the year <laughs> and we're gonna see um um yeah toby coming out of retirement because he's he's been out for um some amount of time and presumably not retired but out out of the out of the league for some amount of time um and and yeah absolutely being being the kind of player that you want to see from him um um and that's that, that was this really cool to see um I mean, um, and it wasn't an incredibly hard week um, with with the LA Valiant match, but I, I think definitely the most impressive win here is is over Seoul, um, and uh, the playing New York I think in Chengdu. No, they're playing Hangzhou and Chengdu to round out the month um, next week. Both of which should be good. But honestly, I'd, uh, after having seen them this week, I think um, in both matches it's still still the edge for Philly. I think. Oh yeah, I mean that'd be sweet too if it's three zero Philly versus three zero Chengdu. If if Philly and Chengdu can both win their games against the Excelsior and Spark, that'd be sweet. Um, I wouldn't bet on it quite yet. I mean we haven't seen New York or Hangzhou, so we don't know how they look yet. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, Philly looked great. Carpe, man. At the beginning of every season, Carpe just is like, hey, remember me? Yeah, I'm not washed yet, and I never will be. <laughs> Um, he is, I almost like, he's my runner up MVP. Um, basically, uh, I also forgot to mention happy for Houston earlier. I just want to shout him out real quick. My God, that guy looked nuts. Um, but yeah, there, there are just some players that just popped off this week. Carpe is one of them for sure. Rascal looked great too. He was mostly playing May, which is not really a pop-off character that you're like, oh my God, look at this May play. You never really say that unless it's like a really good May wall or something. Um, but Rascal also looked great. Carpe Rascal's just so scary, right? I mean, especially if Carpe can play McCree, if he can play Ash, if he can play these hit scan heroes he's so good at. Um, and Carpe looked great. He just looks great at the beginning of every season. It's what he loves to do. Now we just need to see him at the end of a season do this, Joe. That's how Philly wins a championship. Um, yeah. But uh, the only two teams I haven't talked about are Seoul and Guangzhou, I guess, who played later and Seoul dominated. Seoul overall, I mean, after the first game, you might say, oh, this is classic regular season Seoul. Back at it again. Profit. He's not playoff profit. He can't win. Uh, but then they 3-0 Guangzhou and look really good. And they look great in the Philly game, too. I don't think this is regular season soul we're seeing here, Joe. I think this is, I think the tier lists are finally right. If if they continue to look how they did this week, um, I think soul look pretty good, and I think they will be competing in the regular season. I think they realized this year, okay, we wouldn't make playoffs last year if it weren't if they didn't let everyone in playoffs. So it's time we we gotta be good in the regular season. Um, and as far as Guangzhou goes. I, a sad week of course they had two very tough matches my one positive is Choi Suhuan looked nasty on Tracer um really good Tracer player besides that pretty unimpressed with the rest of, with how the rest of the team performed Krong of course is being Krong he's good but the rest of the team even Kariv he looked fine at times not impressive not too impressive so yeah I, that's the yeah. APAC yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment. Um, uh, for, for Guangzhou, not not the week you want to see um, um, coming out of coming out of the first week of the season, um, and later when they're taking on um, uh, Hangzhou and Valiant, it looks like in week three, um, you know those those have got to be your redemptions as as far as that goes for um, uh, to, you know to wrap up May. I mean that's. <laughs> Um, that's all you have, and so you're sure you get a reset for for this next tournament, um, next tournament cycle. But like you were saying, uh, with with so few matches, I mean, there's there's only so much resetting you can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Valiant, it's going to be actually a pretty big game because I think some people are like Guangzhou's the team the Valiant can beat. Um, so that that's a pretty big game now, <laughs> both zero and two. They're at the bottom of the of the leaderboard. There at the top is Philly, Chengdu at two and zero, Seoul and Shanghai both at one and one. Those four pretty good teams, and we get to see NYXL, who has apparently been doing well in scrims. They should be joining these great teams, and Hangzhou, who has the talent to be up there with the great teams, just depends if they can execute. So, 
we get to see them this week finally. That's going to be great. Um, and I guess we'll talk about it more when we get to um, our predictions for week two because we're done with week one stuff here as we get into news. Um, which starts off with a new experimental patch, which actually uh, brings in some April 1st experimental patch stuff. Um, like, for example, Divas Call Mech doing a lot of damage. I think it does less than it does in the April Fool's patch. But it still does 250, which is enough to kill a lot of char- one shot a lot of characters. <laughs> um, that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> any any non tank basically. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. A few changes. To the cards has been up for about five days now. Came out on the 15th. Uh, Baptiste can be a little bit more precise with his um, his uh, right click healing grenades. Um, um, currently, they do. 60 um, regardless on live but now it's reduced to 50 but 70 if you hit a direct hit uh, so that's that's um, kind of nice uh, immortality field got a pretty significant nerf too um, reducing uh, currently protects down to 20% of your minimum health uh, it's been reduced to 10% uh, I should say not 10 hill um, the, the diva mech change you mentioned um Echo's health change from Duplicate um, is just copied straight from the April 1st patch. Um, she'll return to the health value she had prior to activating the ability or to 100 health, uh, whichever is higher after Duplicate ends. Um, a few just straight numbers buffs uh, with Moira's Biotic Orb, uh, cooldown reduced to 8 seconds. Uh, Risa Holtz, cooldown reduced to 6 seconds. Um, uh, as well as uh, Reinhardt losing 50 health. Um, um, or losing 50 armor, I should say. He's down to 500 hit points there. Uh, Roadhog's damage per projectile increased from 6 to 6.6, so it's your 10% increase. Um, and Sombra got a little bit of change to her stealth. Uh, the movement speed bonus increased from 50% to 60%, um, and the time um, that it takes to enter and exit stealth has been reduced from 3 quarters of a second to 0.45 seconds. Um, all on that experimental card. So yeah, some some more significant changes and some you know numbers things uh, for for some of these other heroes. But but several several buffs there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just a that's a that's a good amount of stuff being done. Honestly, uh, we don't see that many in experimental patch usually, and it's cool that they're immediately saying, "Hey, I know that was an April first patch, but we're down to use some of these ideas. We'll do it." Um, which. I think it's fun. I, I, the diva change is gonna be, <laughs> is gonna be weird. Um, and I remember like during Overwatch League two, like I think Sideshow said it, like, hey, if that if that diva change was in right now, that would have been a kill. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> which is nuts to think about. Um, but yeah, that's experimental. It isn't on live yet, so. Yep, uh, we'll we'll let you know when it is. Uh, the next piece of news is shocking and sad and out of nowhere. Um, Jeff Kaplan is leaving, uh, leaving Blizzard, leaving the Overwatch team. Obviously founding member, game director, you know him, Jeff Kaplan. He's, he's gone. He will be replaced by uh, Aaron Keller, who has been working on the Overwatch team as well. And alongside Jeff, basically throughout their entire Blizzard careers. So it's not like we're just getting a newbie here. It's it's someone who has as much passion for Overwatch as Jeff. Definitely not as much a face of, as Overwatch as Jeff. And you got to be kind of worried, like, why did Jeff leave? Was it a new job offer? Is Overwatch 2 not going well? What could it be? Um, which I, I'm sure we will see here in the future. I, I think a lot of people are speculating it's a job offer or a new game that he's excited about that he got offered to develop on. We'll see. It's just sad, Joe. Let's just talk about how sad this is. I mean, Jeff from the Overwatch team, he's, he's such an amazing face of this game that we got to see and um, developer updates, stuff like that. I mean, I saw this news and I my heart just sunk. Yeah, you summarized it pretty well, I think. That <laughs> Yeah, it's um, out of nowhere. Not much, uh, not much explanation uh, from Jeff. 
um, it, it left us with a little bit of statements um, uh, with that, that quote from uh, Winston the scientist, not Winston the monkey, um, um, about dare to, oh, I, I lost it, but about dare to see the world how it could be or whatever, um, <laughs> which is much more inspiring when it's actually the proper quote. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, really, really, really surprising. Um, by Aaron Keller with a note also in that press release, um, you know, We've still got Overwatch 2 stuff, and it's you know coming out very soon, is the quote. But um, um, but, but yeah, it's really surprised. I know, or it seems like uh, Jeff was in charge of a lot of the um, um, like professional relations with um, the balance team, um, as in relations between the balance team and like professional players. Um, He's obviously the you know the most public face of the dev team without a doubt. Um, yeah, it, it's that's super significant to to have him lost, and all the more so because of you know what what the team is in the middle of right now. Um, th- that I don't. Um, based on the stuff that they've you know that they've got in place, you know, surely it's not. Um, 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 surely it's not gonna affect the, uh, the you know you know significant elements of Overwatch two too much. Uh, of course you know f- excuse me famous last words and all that, but um, but yeah it's crazy craziness with news just coming out this afternoon and um, yeah not um, <laughs> not 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 a not a good look. I, I can't think. No. I mean, even like just reading his note makes you think like what happened, you know, like it feels like something happened. It's sad. Um, I will say like, obviously it feels like with Activision coming into Blizzard ever since that happened, a lot of the big Blizzard faces are leaving. I am a big Hearthstone player and Ben Brode was their big face. He was that Jeff Kaplan. He ended up leaving a couple years ago, and I will say, while I do miss the hell out of um, Ben Brode's raps and Ben Brode's like public face being the public face of Hearthstone, Hearthstone has been a much better game since Ben Brode left, um, which is sad to say because I love Ben Brode so much, but I don't think this means Overwatch 2 is dead. I don't think this means Overwatch is going to be worse now. I do think this means the publicity around Overwatch might be different and it might be worse because of it. Jeff was such a great public speaker for this game. Um, it, it could definitely mean that some some turmoil is happening. Maybe his vision of Overwatch 2 isn't going to happen, and that's why he wanted to leave. Stuff like that. Um, we'll see. I mean, we, we just can't tell yet, obviously. All we've gotten is this press release with very little information. So I'm sure more will come to pass eventually. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're supposed to get more Overwatch 2 news this year, uh, according to Aaron Keller. So um, we'll see what's happening. I, I'm scared. Everyone should be a little bit scared, but I, I wouldn't say it's the end of the world quite yet, right? Yeah. But, but we... Not with, uh, not with Overwatch around. Uh-huh. <laughs> They'll save us all. <laughs> exactly. Um... <laughs> But yeah, still ext- not to take anything away from how sad I am that Jeff's leaving, because I am very sad. Um, but hopefully he sticks around in gaming and is going somewhere else to make amazing games, because he's a great he, he's a great developer, no doubt, and game director. Absolutely. Um, next on the news is some is some great Overwatch League news and the fact that live events will be returning to China this year. Three live events are now scheduled to take place in China. Three teams, the Hangzhou Spark Shanghai Dragons, Guangzhou Charge, all going to be hosting um, events this year. Uh, June 4th through 6th, Hangzhou Spark will be hosting for the June Joust. July 9th through 11th will be the Shanghai Dragons for the Summer Showdown. And August 7th through 8th will be the Guangzhou Charge for the Countdown Cup. Um, Yeah. This is extremely exciting. Um, they said all events are currently planned to host fans at reduced venue ca- capacity to, of course, uh, comply with COVID requirements. 
Um, the five China-based teams will only travel there. So Hunters Charge, Spark, Valiant, and Dragons, while the NYXL Fusion and Dynasty will not travel to China and will rather be playing the team online while the team is on the other team the chinese team will be on stage um so those are all the details we have for the event um more details will be announced later looking at the schedule joe do you know so are these like um tournament games or are these actual are these actual scheduled matches that we already know of um i would sort of assume that they're tournament games um but i guess i don't know that for sure um, let's see June just what what oh you know June the June 4 through 6 is um, that's a Friday Saturday Sunday but uh, in week eight so that's the second week of actually I have no idea what week that is <laughs> uh, that's the last week of the June joust it looks it is the last week yeah so it looks like they have games for the fourth and the fifth scheduled they have like Valiant versus Philly Guangzhou. I mean, Guangzhou Seoul, it looks like Chengdu Hangzhou will be on stage together facing each other. Um, Valiant Hangzhou will be on stage facing each other. I'm assuming this one's in Hangzhou then. Um, but yeah, it, and I'm guessing since it says June 6th, they will include the, the play-in t- tournament games where they, I mean, if you don't know the format, every monthly tournament is going to have each region playing a play-in and then the top two teams go to an actual tournament weekend um, where it'll be NA versus Asia but um so it looks like yeah it looks like they'll play those play-in games at at Hangzhou as well depending on who makes it obviously so yeah um those will be fun I mean he hasn't they haven't said no exactly to North American events live events returning eventually so that definitely could happen because I know NA is starting to open back up with vaccines and stuff like that happening, so I wouldn't rule that out quite yet either. Um, but this is good news um, and fun news. It's always, as someone who's a video editor, I have been going through players' highlights, and I almost just like don't want to like use any highlights for for the hype video I'm doing. I don't want to use highlights that don't have crowd noise. <laughs> like all the all the highlights with crowd noise are way more hype. So. I am missing crowds for sure. Um, like God, imagine imagine the shock Houston game with the crowd. Whew, that would have been good. So I, I am of course except for live. Um, but up next to be great. Yeah, up next is two like uprising related of stuff. Uh, soon after our show last week, uh, posted a twit longer about how he's moving to Valorant. Um. Yeah, nice to see that. You know, at least he's gonna try to do something. I think it would have been hard for him to do something in Overwatch this year. Obviously, with visa issues, it's very hard to do it. Valorant, you don't need to go anywhere quite yet. Um. So visa issues, not not much of a problem. So I'm glad that he's at least gonna be trying Valorant. He's so talented that I, I guarantee he's great at Valorant. Um. So. Yeah, honestly, even though it's not Overwatch, still excited to see him move on to Valorant. Um, sad to see him go, but yeah, nice to see him in Valorant. Um, how about you, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. And um, is it sort of closure on that arc uh, from him as far as that goes? Yeah. Yeah, um, and then our second piece of Boston related news is Gable say Gable C. I still haven't fully he's on our team don't know how to pronounce his name fully yet but i think it's gable c um or it's either gable c or gable Sai. i don't know um but we signed him um he's he's um off tank that everyone i think was wondering why didn't they sign him that was like a big debate in the off season was they signed all these other wgs phoenix players like faith valentine of course coach lori i'm 37 why didn't they take arguably maybe the best piece of WGS Phoenix in a lot of people's eyes, which was Gable C. Um, a lot of people saying, of course, like, well, Punk's good. Punk's better. Punk's as good. I, I I think Punk's as good. I think they're both pretty damn good players, pretty good off tanks. Um, I think you should easily guess, like, I don't even know the specifics of this, but I'm, I'm going to guess dropping soon freed up some money for our president and he was able to 
pick him up. That we picked him up on our on our um, academy team at least. Um, so we had him in the we had him in the wings, I guess. <laughs> and then once we once we had some funds freed up, I'm guessing that's when we that's when we ended up getting him. So yeah, I think this is a good addition. I'm excited to have him here whenever he gets here. Hopefully soon. Absolutely. And uh, notably, this was another Boston signing that uh, the Overwatch League leaked <laughs> in advance of the Boston announcement, which was hilarious. That mm-hmm. uh, they, they had him listed on the uh, on the Boston roster on the website before that announcement was made. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Overwatch uh, League, for making my job harder. I had to rush to write a press release that Friday night because of you. So thank you. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's good stuff. And we'll presumably see him in action um this weekend um possibly we'll see i, I don't want to spoil anything <laughs> um but yeah oh yeah that's true because you said if he's um trying to travel that could be something too. yeah but yeah. i mean i as from, from what i've seen i don't know Lori's like exact plans or anything like that from what i've seen it seems like they would rather stick to players who are here but yeah. I, anything could happen like yeah, they could easily play him. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know any. I don't see them scrim most of the time. I don't know what's happening. I I don't live with them, so anything could be happening right now. I, I can't spoil this weekend because I I legit don't know what they'll be doing. But um, yeah. Let's move on to speaking of this weekend. Let's move on to it, Joe. Week two. We've got some more predictions here. Um, starting with the Boston Uprising, actually. Boston Uprising versus the LA Gladiators, which is going to be a very interesting match that I'm not even going to have pick for my pickums yet because of the LA Gladiators play our game before this one. Um, but I'll pick it right here on the podcast. You're you're in the lead though, Joe, so you have to go first. Actually, it's true. <laughs> that is um, de- definitely how we how we've said that. Um, and yeah, that this this also is a really hard. Um, really hard match for me to go and i've got i've made an initial pick um and one that i'll call here on the podcast um but i'm I'm definitely reserving the right to to go back in and and change my thing after we like like you said after we see this next gladiators match um because yeah we you know the we're i think we're both pretty confident that boston's gonna be much better looking uh than we've seen them basically ever in the past um um, and uh, LA Gladiators coming off of not not a not a great week. We like we've you know spent the last forty five minutes talking about. Um, it's 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 gonna make it tough, and I think um, I think right now I've got it going to five maps. You know, regardless of of who wins, um, and, and I think the edge I've still given to the Gladiators currently, um, and that's that's what I'm gonna say at this point. Um, um, you, you know, assuming that they're able to, you know pull themselves together a little bit this week um uh which you know, it's definitely not um uh definitely not out of you know the realm of possibility <laughs> i'm sure they'll they'll have some um really good stuff to pull from their these last two weeks these last two matches that they've had um um yeah the edge i think going to the gladiators but um i could definitely see this one going to the going the distance either way yeah i'm well i call me a homer i'm gonna go with the uprising here joe um, I, after this weekend of watching the gladiators and watching one of the games with the team, with my, with the uprising, actually, I do think the uprising, I think we, we can do it. We, we can, we can beat the gladiators. They're clear weak points. I think the Boston uprising could win this game for sure. I'm st- my eyes are still on how the gladiators look against London, because if they do look insanely better, I am going to switch my pick on the pick Um, but for now, based off what I just saw this weekend, I think the Gladiators are beatable. I think this is the game that the Uprising have been preparing for, obviously. Like, this is the first game. This is the first game of the season. They've had this in their mind for months now. Like, we're facing the Gladiators first. This is what we have to prepare for. Um, meanwhile, the Gladiators, this is their fourth. This is their last game of the May Melee. This is definitely not the one they were, like, had marked on their calendar. Um, so I think this could be one of those trap games where maybe the uprising take it. They've been way more focused on this one than the gladiators have been. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the uprising to win this one. I still think it'll be close. And I do think the gladiators will look better this weekend than they did last weekend. 
Um, what's next? It's the Washington Justice versus the Dallas Fuel. It's actually the first time we get to see the Washington Justice. And it will be the first time we see Dallas Fuel that weekend. Um, that'll be a very exciting game. Dallas Fuel, obviously, I think, outperformed our expectations last week, Joe. But we haven't seen the Washington Justice yet. And this Washington Justice team that is absolutely stacked. Um, and this will be a fun game because it's like a Decay revenge game, kind of. Because, of course, Decay was on the Dallas Fuel last year. Uh, but yeah, Joe, who you got on this one? Um, yeah, I am. I this whole off season, I have been really excited um, for for watching the Washington Justice um, uh, dive dive into the league uh, with um, you know this team that's number one uh, had a super super successful end to last season uh, that they weren't really able to capitalize on, but also an incredibly good off season. Uh, like one of the best, um, one one of the best in the league. It is, I would definitely say. Um, um, and yeah, you know, this this is a really strong Dallas Fuel team. But um, I, I'm I'm gonna go a little bit um, um, into the unknown a little bit <laughs> and jump in and and I'm calling it for Washington because uh, I have I have that much confidence in this team right now. Um, again, it's gonna be another really good series. These four matches are actually consecutive on the schedule because uh, as I was going through and picking stuff out to highlight um, it, just one match or another it's just amazing um, uh, <laughs> amazing quality based on what we've seen and uh, and yeah I think it's it's going to be a really nice one um, for, for Justice to take yeah uh, I'm going to go with you Joe I'm going to go Justice even though I do think the fuel looked a lot better than I thought they would this past weekend I still think the Justice have a better roster. I would rank Justice above the Fuel, um, even at their peaks. I, I just think there's more talent on this, more raw talent on the Justice, no doubt. Um, and Decay is nuts. Yeah, it's. I think Justice going to come out guns a blazing in this first game, and then they face the Titans later this weekend. I mean, I think it's going to be a nice opening weekend for the Justice. I, I got Justice winning this Fuel game. Up next, we go to APAC. We um, get the Hangzhou Spark versus the New York Excelsior, which we'll see them both in games earlier this weekend before they play each other. But this one's interesting, Joe, because they're two teams. They're two unknowns. They're the two APAC teams we have yet to see, and they're facing each other. Um, so, Joe, you have the hard decision of choosing between them first. I do indeed, and, and that goes back to... Um, to power rankings, basically, as far as that goes, um, and and there I've got the edge uh, given to Hangzhou. Uh, we know this is a, a team that's um, uh, definitely got some quality. Uh, you, you know, we've seen how they performed in the past, um, and while um, uh, while New York has made some changes, you know, I'm not super impressed compared to uh, where they ended last season. Uh, I don't know how. Excuse me. How much of a um, uh, an act actual growth that may or may not have been, um, and um, especially with a, a bunch of rookies and all this kind of stuff, I I anticipate that um, um, the, the, that Hangzhou's got the edge here. Um, and like you said, without without having seen either of them at this point, that's um, sort of where I'm leaning. Yeah. Um, I, this one's tough for me. I, I definitely could see what you're saying. I definitely could see Hangzhou winning this one, but um, I'll go New York just to be different, just to be a little different here. Um, on the other side, I I do think New York, their improvements are nothing to scoff at as well, and their changes are nothing to scoff at as well. They've got um, good staff, a successful mindset in the in this um, organization's history. And Scrimbucks on their side, Joe. <laughs> um, Scrimbucks obviously don't work out most of the time unless you're the Houston Outlaws. But um, I do think they can work out for the New York Excels here as well. So I think this will be a close one, but I'll take NYXL to beat Hong Joe. Last game, the two undefeated teams in the APAC region facing off. We don't know if they'll both be undefeated once they're facing off, but they're undefeated now. Uh, Chengdu Hunters, Philadelphia Fusion. Both looking pretty good this past weekend um, with some very good wins against the Seoul Dynasty for the Fusion and the Shanghai Dragons for the Hunters. Joe, are you, are you so hyped up off these Fusion that you're going to just have to take them? You got you to gotta take your fan favorite here. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I'm not... Um, I, 
Uh, I don't know how I don't know how I want to phrase this, uh, but yeah, Chengdu had a great week. Um, they're not a team I would bet on, <laughs> <laughs> um, particularly particularly against this Philly Fusion. Uh, that's that's just kind of how it is. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. It's still hard to choose the Chengdu Hunters. I don't think they're exactly out of the Chengdu zone yet. So. If they're if they're able to go four and zero in the main melee, I might I might just start having to bet on the Chengdu Hunters here. Um, but for now, I'm going to temper my expectations to Chengdu. One day can beat the Shanghai Dragons, the next day can get absolutely stomped by anybody. And I do think they will lose this game against the Fusion right now. Um, so yeah, I'll go Fusion as well. Um, but yeah, those are our four games we'll pick here on the show. Of course, there are so many more games this weekend. Um, we'll do our full pickums, and we'll keep you updated on our standings. Hopefully, I can make somewhat of a comeback this week because Joe is, yeah, he's destroying me so far. Um, but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 keep you updated on those. Uh, yeah, that's that's the end of our podcast for this week, though. We've got another week ahead of us. Anything else that you wanted to mention here, Joe? Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. It's uh, it's it's good to be back. Um, this is our, our first regular show in a long time. Oh yeah, it's. I'm so excited to be back, and with such an amazing week, with more amazing weeks to go forward. I mean, yeah. If you if you have if you haven't uh, been watching yet this year, like it's time to start. But this is the most competitive year by far. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, follow our show on Twitter at On The Flank Show. We'll be tweeting out MVPs, our predictions, stuff like that. So go check it out. You can also go there to join our Pick'em as well. Um, you'll listen to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co. We're on my YouTube. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. And enjoy another week of the May Melee next week.